You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, everyone from San Francisco. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today's Sunday, August 9th. It's about 10.45 a.m. This is just going to be a quick one-man pod today. I'm with you today because college football news has been moving at absolute warp speed since our last podcast on Wednesday when we broke down Ohio State's 2020 schedule. I'm hoping to spend a few minutes with you today to summarize those developments. If you're not like me and you can't spend all day long watching your Twitter feed and you don't feel like going back through your feed to piece together everything that's happened in college football since Wednesday, I'm going to attempt to summarize all that for you right now in what I'm hoping will be about a quick 15 to 20 minute pod. So here we go. On Wednesday, Paige, Mike, and I had a look at Ohio State's 2020 revised schedule. We had a close look at Ohio State's September 19th matchup with Purdue. There's been a pretty big development that's going to have an impact on that matchup, which was the announcement by star Boilermaker receiver Rondale Moore that he is opting out of the coming season. Ohio State fans are going to remember that Rondale Moore tortured the Buckeyes in the 2018 matchup that was two years ago in Ross-Ade Stadium. That was a 49-20 Purdue win, crushed Ohio State's playoff hopes. The Buckeyes went on to win the Big Ten, but they were left out of the playoff largely on the disappointing loss to the Boilermakers. Moore's not going to be available for the September 19th matchup. That's a huge loss for the Boilermakers. Honestly, a huge loss for the Big Ten Conference. Moore was one of the top five or six players in the Big Ten coming into this season. A dark horse to win the offensive player of the year in the conference. Now he departs with fellow Big Ten stars, Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons and Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman and Moore, Parsons and Bateman. We're talking about three of the top eight or nine players in the conference and probably three of the top 30 players in the country, if I had to take a guess. And uh, it feels like we're going to see more losses. I'm I'm sorry to say, I don't think it's going to end with the three of those great players. So far, there have been no opt-outs for Ohio State, but that could change in pretty short order as things seem to be moving very quickly. I had also read prior to last week's recording that Maryland quarterback Talia Tungavailoa, now he's the Alabama transfer, I had read he had not been granted a waiver to play this season. Turns out that report was incorrect. On Friday, it was reported that Tungavailoa did indeed get the waiver he was hoping to get and will be eligible to play this season. That's a pretty big development that could impact Ohio State's October 31st matchup with the Terrapins in College Park, assuming, of course, that game is actually played. Tungavailoa, a very good player, a top 200 player. In the 2019 class, he was one of the top dual threat quarterbacks. We remember two years ago, Ohio State's last visit to College Park. Running back Anthony McFarland had a huge day for the Terps to keep Maryland in that game and force overtime. The Buckeyes were very lucky to escape College Park with a win that day. They did it in overtime. Maryland was lining up to win that game with a two-point conversion. Ohio State holds. Anthony McFarland had a transcendent performance that day that that allowed Maryland to, to remain within striking distance. You know, a player like Tonga Vailoa could have the same impact 
in this matchup this season on Halloween. Ohio State's going to bring a very young secondary into that game. There's no Chase Young on that defensive line to, to harass Tonga Vailoa. Personally, I'm not that concerned about the matchup. I think uh, on Wednesday, I'd said, uh, I set my concernometer for that game at about a 2.0. I'm, I'm going to bump it up to a three or four. I still think Ohio State wins comfortably, but it's a more intriguing matchup now with Tonga Vailoa being eligible to play. Also in our podcast on Wednesday, we, we touched briefly on the Players' Tribune letter authored by a group of more than 1,000 Big Ten athletes under the hashtag Big Ten United with a list of demands for the 2020 season, which are almost entirely related to player safety around COVID-19. Now, that letter was very different in its demands and tone from the letter the Pac-12 athletes released also on the Players' Tribune the week before. If you're interested in learning the details of both letters, I invite you to head over to the Players' Tribune. I don't have time to get into great detail of either of those letters today. What I do want to talk about, however, is the letter authored by Ohio State athletes that went out on Friday. It was circulated on social media on Friday. All of the Ohio State captains retweeted it. It's a letter written by Ohio State athletes under the hashtag we set the standard, and I want to read a little bit from that letter here right now. The second paragraph of that letter, we believe our institution is providing the proper structure and organization for safety. Here at Ohio State, we hashtag set the standard for what college athletics should look like amid COVID-19. The letter goes on to read, first, we appreciate that the hashtag Big Ten United letter was intended to protect and voice concerns of Big Ten student-athletes. However, we do not think it represents the efforts and actions of Ohio State adequately. Later on in the letter, it says, it has been said that college athletes are being, it quotes, exploited, not only in the stated letter, but also in the media. We recognize that there are risks, but we have all chosen to be here and want the chance to play this fall. It's a pretty strong statement by Ohio State athletes, they are all but disassociating themselves from the hashtag Big Ten United letter or movement, whatever you want to call it. Very bold statement. As an Ohio State alum and fan, I, I was happy to hear that our athletes feel protected and very well taken care of. I would have liked to see a word or two in support of the athletes at other Big Ten schools who don't feel their institutions are doing as well as Ohio State at protecting them. Personally, I don't think it would have diluted the message to include something like that. To me, the letter fell a little short for me in that regard. Now, the other thought I had after reading the Ohio State letter is Ohio State stands to get a lot of guff from around the country if there's a major outbreak within the program at some point. You know, the truth is this, this virus is highly contagious. It's extremely difficult to keep under control. And all it takes is one or two athletes to get bored, go to a party or a bar, hang out with some friends to cause a major outbreak. And then in addition to a dangerous outbreak within the program, the university has egg on its face for having this hashtag we set the standard letter out there. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not speaking for the other South Stands contributors here. Uh, I personally would have worded that statement a little differently. I certainly would have come up with a different hashtag than we set the standard. And that's not to say I'm not proud of what Ohio State is doing. And I'm not thankful and grateful that our athletes are taken care of and that they feel taken care of and that they want to compete. I'm not even sure I would have put this statement out there, to be totally frank. 
but it is out there. And uh, I guess we'll see if uh, if it comes back to, to bite Ohio State. I certainly hope that it does not. Also yesterday, there was a big announcement out of the MAC. They have canceled fall sports. They are the first FBS conference to do that. And in the wake of that announcement, the Big Ten postponed padded football practices indefinitely to further evaluate the safety of moving into that phase. Non-contact practices and shells are still permitted, but this is disappointing. Uh, And it's a significant development that this phase of fall camp has been postponed indefinitely. I'm certainly hoping for the best that, that they'll eventually be able to move into that phase. It just seems like things are moving very quickly in the wrong direction. I'm going to get into more of that here in a bit. Also yesterday, Pete Thamel of Yahoo ruffled some feathers. Suffice to say, Pete, by the way, has been keeping his reporting on college football relative to COVID-19 very real. Well, yesterday he tweeted about an emergency meeting of Big Ten presidents in which, quote, all options are on the table. Quote, there's some presidential momentum for canceling the fall football season. That tweet sent everyone into a kerfluffle and the doomsday tweets descended upon the internet. But it was later reported by several Ohio State beat writers, including our good friend Doug Maurice of Cleveland.com, that that meeting was previously planned and not an emergency, and no vote on a football season had been taken. Doug also said that Ohio State did not actually have a voice in that meeting because of the transition from outgoing President Michael Drake to new President Christina Johnson. Maurice said Ohio State would be briefed by Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren after the call. And as as we sit here today on Sunday, no major developments came out of that call that I'm aware of. There was also a rumor circulating yesterday that if the Big Ten were to vote to cancel the season, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Nebraska would move to join the Big 12 for the 2020 season. Now, I have not seen or heard anybody whose opinions I trust report on that or even comment on it. And I asked Doug Maurice in a text what he was hearing about the idea of Ohio State either joining another conference or playing as an independent. Doug was kind enough to reply saying, quote, talking to some people, the potential damage done to the Big Ten and the optics of playing while the rest of the league is out means I would be shocked if Ohio State pursued something like this, end quote. Doug also addressed this rumor in a piece that just dropped on Cleveland.com this morning with the headline, The Ohio State Buckeyes are in their own bubble, but that may not be enough to save the college football season. Head over to cleveland.com forward slash OSU and check out that piece. It's a really good read. There have been some other reports of note from credible national college football writers on the demise of the 2020 season. Last night before I went to bed, a piece by CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd dropped on my Twitter feed, which I read. Almost gave me nightmares. (laughs) Uh, In that piece, Dodd quoted two anonymous Power 5 ADs who said the cancellation of the coming season is, quote, inevitable. In that piece, Dodd said he expects college football power brokers to announce the cancellation of the 2020 season by the end of this week. Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty also tweeted to that effect yesterday, quoting a prominent industry source. Forty wrote, quote, I think by the end of the week, fall sports will be postponed in all conferences end quote. On the other hand, Fox's Joel Klatt yesterday said on Twitter, quote, many in the college football media have worked hard to push panic and fear. Now, I can only assume Klatt was referring to the likes of Dodd, 
Forty, Pete Thamel. There have been a few others to express some similar opinions about you know fear mongering and and that sort of thing, but they they seem like lone dissenting voices. Most of what I'm hearing and reading suggests the cancellation of fall sports is very real and imminent. It's not just fear mongering by gleeful doomsdayers. I'm sorry to say, I'm personally bracing myself for the worst. Finally, there was a report by David Jesse of the Detroit Free Press that Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren is in favor of a spring college football season. Personally, I don't see how a spring season is viable. I'll admit I haven't thought too much about it, and I know this isn't the first time we've heard of this idea. Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley, I know, has been a big proponent of a spring season. Uh, Just kind of thinking about it conceptually, that leaves out all of Ohio State's top players. Justin Fields, more than likely, Sean Wade, Wyatt Davis, you know the list. The Ohio State would not be the juggernaut in the spring that they would be in the fall if the season is going to be moved to the spring because it runs up so close to the the NFL draft. I don't know. I don't know how viable it is. I don't know how entertaining it would be. I don't know what Ohio State's prospects would be as a title contender, having to rely on a lot of inexperienced younger players uh, instead of star veteran players. We will certainly delve into that uh, if that does come to pass. Okay, I think that covers everything. I just wanted to spend a few minutes bringing you up to speed on all the major developments since our Wednesday pod. We will certainly be watching The Wire and we'll be ready to jump on and record another podcast as this story unfolds. We are certainly hopeful that that there is actually a season in the fall. It's not looking great at this point, but things can change. It seems like we've been on this roller coaster ride now for four months, going up and down, and maybe things could make a turn for the better in the coming week. We'll see. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.